It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I'm here with Zerlina Maxwell, and we are joined right now by Michelle Hope. She is a dedicated sexologist, educator, and activist with over 15 years of experience. She is here to talk to us about um, dating after COVID, hot girl summer, and how we all got so weird, and what do we do with it? So, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. This is a conversation that we need. You know what? Apparently, a lot of people do because sex therapist and sex coaches is on the rise right now people are confused <laughs> well confused. maybe we should start there <laughs> what are they confused about what what kind of questions are people asking right now in the pandemic because i mean i have a lot but i'm curious as to where other people are right now so during the pandemic i got a lot of questions in the beginning it was everybody talking about oh my sex life is great my relationship we feel so together and then a few months in it was like i can't stand this person <laughs> our sex has fallen off the radar what should we be doing and now that things are opening back up what i'm getting is i got back on the dating apps michelle and these people are thirsty yes we know they are parched we get it and i think that people are a little bit concerned <laughs> about how to navigate the thirst trap pool that is summer 2021. Okay, get your floaties, people, because it is deep waters out there filled with a bunch of other individuals who are ready to get it popping, right? So I think people are just a little nervous about how do we go about this? Is it okay to ask if you've been vaccinated? If someone's not vaccinated, what should I do? And can I believe them? Mm. That's a good question. Yeah, that seems very like- important a major trust hurdle to come at the very start of a relationship. Like usually you've, you've been on a few dates before you're confronted with a question that um, speaks to like deep issues of trust. <laughs> like usually that, you know, that's like a, a two month or a six month mark. And here we're having it like before the first date. But here's the irony of that. We should have been asking these questions about people's STI statuses and HIV statuses. Mm. But we would like, that's what blows my mind about this. You know, prior to COVID, nobody was really concerned about herpes or gonorrhea or chlamydia or HIV statuses. And we would hop into bed with people. We would hook up with people and not ask any questions. Now, post COVID, we're like, I don't want to meet you if you're not vaxxed. The, the, the apps have joined forces with the uh, Biden administration to start giving badges and incentives for people to, you know, identify that they've been vaxxed, almost as, you know, prestigious as the blue checks on Twitter, honey. But really, it's like these are conversations we probably should have been having um, before we met up and had quick sex. And that was the kind of the thing about dating apps. You could swipe your way right into a sloppy situation. And now people are really hesitant because of that, but at the same time, eager to get back out there. This is so true. Why weren't people asking these questions before? <laughs> I was asking these questions. I mean, I, I am, you know, in the space of talking. I'm a feminist who does talks on college campuses about rape culture, which then you realize after doing, you know, 15 or 20 of those speeches, they're just teaching kids about 
how to talk about sex, <laughs> um, how to talk about consent. That's really mm-hmm. what you're doing. Um, and it, it, you know, once they realize that's actually what you're there to talk about, they're, they're much more engaged. But why is it that we were not, we were so unwilling before to just be honest about these conversations? And I think maybe the existential crisis that is COVID, it sort of flicked a switch for us. And now that, you know, it was always life and death before you guys realize, right, by not asking these questions. But now you see, like, the life and death much more clearly. Um, and so you're like, are you vaccinated? Because it could kill me or someone I know. But that was always true, right? I think it is always true. I think that things like HIV is a livable condition um, these days. So people didn't think as much about it. And, you know, the likelihood was lower. Uh, COVID is very contagious. And, you know, it's not, it wasn't something we had, you could live with. It was like, you could die in three weeks, right? So I think that has, has really put the fear into people. But also what I'm hoping for is that because of the pandemic, people had to slow down. They had to do Zoom dates. They had to get to know people, which really made us kind of go back to a Victorian era of taking time and building deeper bonds with people. And I think people are afraid of that to some extent because you are having to vest into this relationship in a way that was more sincere and required more work. Now we can go back to the simple swiping sliding into DMs and getting it popping. Um, but I'm hoping that people will utilize the experience of COVID as a way to really think more intentionally when they date and not put themselves out there to, now listen, if you want a one night stand, I'm all for it. You know, two consenting adults, play it safe and do the dang thing. No judgment here. But I'm wondering if people are going to be more inclined to want to couple up or partner up in a more serious way than they were before, or if we'll just go back to this very quick, shallow relationship. Okay. So I mean, this I is don't a know question about that you, I had at the I have start my of deepest pandemic. connections and one night stands. I don't, what are you guys talking about? Jolena's <laughs> <laughs> very good at that. It's true. She, she keeps a, a small file. She still calls them on all their birthdays, still friends with their moms. It's crazy. No, okay. So my question is: At the beginning of the pandemic, um, I, you know, I'm I, I have been with my partner this whole time, just the two of us getting weird together in the box alone. Um, and at the start of the pandemic, one of my first thoughts was, "Oh my God, what if this had happened during any other relationship of my life? It would have been a nightmare. I can't imagine being trapped like this with." anybody that I had dated previously, (laughs) aside from maybe one or two who probably could have risen to the occasion. But for the most part, it was like, oh, how horrific would that be? And then I thought, are we going to be choosing partners based on this sort of pandemic litmus test for the rest of our lives? Like, I couldn't imagine dating somebody new and not thinking, could I be in a box with you for a year? And that's not really the bar mm-hmm. that we typically set for relationships. We we would say, do I like being with you? Do I feel supported by you? Do we have a happy home? Like that kind of, not like, could we survive this? Are people, well, I think, are people going to be asked, are they asking that question now? Or, or is that sort of faded into the background a little bit? Honey, I think that fell way down on the list of things. I think it is lower on the totem pole now. <laughs> like, But I also think that a part of the reason people were quick to be in like an early relationship and then say, okay, let's just quarantine together 
is because this fear of being alone. And while social media and dating apps have made what we, the illusion, it has created the illusion that we are closer to people, it actually has pushed us apart because we don't know how to take our time and take a step back and really get to know people. But if you were trapped in a box with somebody for a year, oh, you know them now. And I heard a lot of couples say we started yep. quarantining together because we didn't think it would be that long. And then it was, I have to get the hell out of here, like immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was good for some people. And I think for others, like I have a lot of friends who just wrote it out alone. Um, I wrote it out alone. And that. Yeah you know, required you to do some internal searching. And depending on what age you were at, um, really impacted how you may come out of this looking at dating, right? Um, I'm of a certain age, I'm almost 40. I have realized through the pandemic that I am valuable, my time is valuable. And I am okay being alone to some extent, not to say I don't want a partner, but this idea of being able to be okay with just being with me is something I think a lot of people had to face during the pandemic. And I don't think that's a bad thing because I hope that these people now value themselves at a higher, at a higher ranking and will be more mindful with the type of individuals they allow in their lives. I mean, I... You are speaking directly to Zerlina right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jess knows me so well. She's like, everything you just said, Zerlina was like snapping, which is true because I'm also almost 40. And I, I found, I, I love being by myself. In fact, I prefer it over being with other people. And that's no shade to the people that I do love and like to spend time with. But I always would like if somebody cancels on me, it's my favorite thing, man. It's like, oh, oh I sorry, that. I get to be by myself um, because I just I enjoy myself. I'm funny. Like I make jokes. I laugh at myself. I mean, it sounds like I'm a little nuts, but I feel like I enjoy that time. I think that time's important. It makes I mean, it makes me better at my job because that alone time allows me to think, which is helpful for my job, as you guys obviously tune in every morning because I share my thoughts. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I think um, I have I have come to that epiphany that you were speaking to, which is being very intentional. I went out last weekend for the first time and I was like, oh, can't do strangers anymore. Strangers are not a thing <laughs> that um, I'm ready to do right now. Um, and that feels limiting in the dating space. Like, not so much in the sort of socialization space broadly, because, I mean, I could, like, hang out with friends, right? But I'm going to have to meet a stranger in order to date them. So how do I sort of get out of this space where I really enjoy being by myself? <laughs> and I, I'm, I, it's going to take a lot for <laughs> you to make, you know, time with you seem more entertaining or fulfilling than just the time I spend alone. Um and I just I'm trying to maybe there are others listening that have that same feeling and they're trying to sort of like snap out of that a little bit. Well, I think first and foremost, don't be afraid to take it slow. During the pandemic, a lot of people who chose to continue to date utilize things like FaceTime and Zoom calls. And that is OK, which means people are conditioned to now be OK with that. So go on a Zoom date or two, do a happy hour or a cocktail hour on Zoom prior to giving up your time. Time is money. Okay. And listen, if you about your paper, you don't want to just give that away for free. And I think that 
the pandemic taught us how valuable our alone time is. And now there are options for you to take a little bit more time to screen people before you say, I'm going to go out in public, right? And I also think that for people who are like, I do want to get back out there, maybe they don't feel the same way as you and I do with like, I'm great alone. Maybe they want to get back out there. Take some time to go out to group functions. Find an exercise class that's with a bunch of singles. Find a, a cooking class where you can get to know people in not such a high-stress environment of, I have to sit across from you, and I, I don't even know if I, I want to talk to you, let alone mm-hmm. have to take time out of my day, right? I think that this is an opportunity for us to identify ways to get to know people in a more authentic manner than just swiping and going on a date, because who wants to like pay? For, I mean, I'm in New York. Who wants to pay for the cab? And if you're in somewhere else, gas prices is high. You don't want to waste that gas. You don't want to waste your time. <laughs> so, you know, find something or a way that you can engage with groups of people that doesn't require you to have to solely be with one person. I can do that. I love that. I love that. As advice. I think I'm going to re-listen to okay. just this so- section and take notes. <laughs> because what you just said needs to uh-huh. be applied to my life immediately. Yeah, so I think that for, don't be for afraid to get out partnered, there. Mm-hmm. I, for, so for, for people who are partnered, um, what's something that they can be, especially if they've got kids, like they have been dealing with all kinds of stressors. Date night has not been possible because you can't even get a babysitter. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, as some of the romance has maybe fallen, like I feel, I feel closer than ever mm-hmm. to my partner. Like he has my back and I have his, and I love that. Um, but some of the romance, maybe a little falling <laughs> off the shelf because we've just been together for so long. Um, what do you recommend for people who are, who are trying to, to, to return to a little bit of normal with the people that they have been stuck in the box with, especially if they have kids? You know, my advice around this doesn't change pre-pandemic or post-pandemic. You have to schedule time to be romantic. And a lot of people are like, why would I schedule sex time? Why would I schedule date night? Well, let's face it. We will schedule an appointment to see a doctor or a therapist. And those are important to us. So if your partner is important to you, schedule that time as well. Additionally, find ways to do cute things. Leave a love note in your partner's makeup bag. Leave a love note in your partner's, I don't know, shaving kit, right? In their favorite bag of chips. Put a little post-it on there that says, I'm just thinking about how sexy you are, how much I love you. And then I really want to encourage people to, especially if you have kids, schedule your date nights, right? So maybe in the early part of the evening, you have a little family time, but you do something to tucker them kids out put them to bed early, and then set up four hours of time to be intimate with your partner. That doesn't necessarily have to include sex. It could include watching your favorite movie, having a conversation, cooking dinner, having, you know, a a little margarita night with you and your partner after the kids Mm -hmm. are in in bed. But here's the other thing. Shave your legs, you know, clip your nails, uh, (laughs) shave your face. Like just because you're stuck in the house, doesn't mean you show Take up to the date shower. in your exactly. You don't show up in your dirty your dirty house drawers. Like just pull out that lingerie, pull out them boxers that you love. You know, and also I think it's important for you to remember do what makes you feel sexy. 
right? Because when you as an individual Ooh. feel sexy, that will like that will shine outward to your partner, right? Um, and I think that's important. Have a bubble bath together. You might not all fit in the bubble. You might not both fit, <laughs> but but find a way to make it wet and wild. Um, it's comfortable for you. I mean, I'm not here to tell people how to get sexy with each other because I think it's important for you to identify what that is for you. But I think that while you schedule time to be intimate with your partner, schedule time to be intimate with yourself, right? I'm a huge proponent of masturbation because when you masturbate, you have the opportunity to get in touch with yourself by yourself. Your first relationship starts with self, romantically as well as physically. And if you don't know what gets you off, how do you communicate that to your partner? <laughs> I know it, people look at me sometimes like, that sounds silly, but it's like, try it. Even for some couples during the pandemic, I suggested when their sex life kind of became dull, I said, go with, you know, self-imposed celibacy. See how long you can go before you get really heated because you will get hot and bothered. You know, um, the idea of not choosing to engage in sex with your partner, but choosing to engage in self-pleasure while laying in bed with your partner can be incredibly hot, right? Um, there are these things that mm-hmm. we can do to, like, you know, give this air of mystery, you know? And I think that we should, we should try these things. They sound out of the box, but when you've been in a box with someone for a year, maybe it's time to get out of the box while still being in it, <laughs> if that makes sense. I love that. Michelle, uh, I hate that we have to break because this is um, absolutely fascinating and very, very helpful. Um, So we're just going to have to have you back if that's okay. Sounds like a plan. Fantastic. Michelle Hope, you can find her on Twitter, MHSexpert. Obviously, she's got good stuff to say, so that's a follow for me. So um, thank you a ton, Michelle Hope, this morning. Thanks. We'll be back tomorrow with another Signal Boost podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you.